Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Andrew Tyree. Pardon my uh, voice if it sounds a little weird. I'm a little stuffed up. The weather turned this week in LA. I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, it dropped about 10 degrees, and something in my body didn't like it. So I'm fighting off a little cold here. So I'm a little stuffed, but uh, I think I'm on on the mend. Plus, I'm simply just bummed out from the uh, awful things that have happened in Paris this past week. Um, My uh, condolences and my heart goes out to all my friends there, and um, I've had great times in that city, and it's uh, a world-class city. It's Paris. I mean, my gosh, what what more can you say about it? I've been there a few times and uh, never had a bad time in Paris, certainly one of the world's great cities, and it will survive. Uh, like most great cities do, but still, it's a, a drag when uh, senseless acts of violence happen. And when these things happen, people always ask me, Mike, so are you going to uh, curb your travel, stay home for a little while? And I, I always go, no. If anything, uh, I, I encourage people to travel more. It's only through visiting other cultures, meeting the people, putting a human face on uh, different governments, different ways of thinking, uh, and realizing that we're all pretty much the same. We want the same things out of life. And uh, travel is one of those things that can do that. And I'm not going to let these idiots uh, scare me off uh, what I love to do the most, which is travel and see the world. So the hell with them. I'm going to be out there. I hope you are too. Uh, Might take a little longer in the airports. That's the one big drag about this for uh, travelers. Uh, security is probably going to be tightened, and uh, just leave more time at the airport, more than you already do. Don't let fear take over. I hear a lot of things in the news, and you, you see a lot of stuff uh, with people saying horrible things. That's not going to get us anywhere. I hate to think an already fractured and divided world is going to get more fractured and divided uh, in my lifetime. There's always going to be things like this in the news. And as Americans, we have to be conscious of it. Uh, a lot of people blame us for a lot of things around the world, and they're not uh, totally wrong. Another thing you learn when you go out into the world and see our effect uh, on people and governments and uh, environments all around the world. So learning more is never a bad thing. Seeing more is never a bad thing, and experiencing more is never a bad thing. So get out there. I'll be out there, and I hope you will too. That being said, speaking of travel... Next week is Thanksgiving. Can you believe that? Where did the year go? I will be on the Celebrity Eclipse cruise ship performing stand-up comedy. My first cruise ship gig, so I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest. But the one thing I am very excited about is I get to see some uh, islands in the Caribbean that I have never been. We'll be making stops in St. Lucia, St. Lucia. One of those is right. I'll find out which one when I'm there. 
And then I'll be going on to St. John's, St. Kitts and Nevis, Nevis, St. Martin, and then back to Miami, flying home. So that's what I'll be doing on Thanksgiving. You'll be with your families, enjoying a nice turkey dinner, and I'll be having a turkey roll on, on the buffet line. <laughs> I don't know. Um, who knows? But I'm hoping to get some diving in. You know me. If I'm going to the Caribbean, I want to get some scuba in. And I'll see what the cruise thing is all about. I'm just hoping the uh, crowds aren't 60, 70, 80 years old. Because in comedy, that's death. (laughs) But we'll see. Anyway, that's where I'll be on Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful, safe Thanksgiving. I love that holiday. It's great. No religion to mess with it. No gift buying. It's all just overeating and TV and family. It's great. So while you're out there traveling on the road, uh, why not enjoy this conversation I had with a man named Andrew Tyree, who I met at an event, a travel event. He was actually behind the bar and was asking me questions about the podcast. And he said he uh, ran a travel business and nice guy. So I invited him to be on the show. And I'm really glad I did. He started his own business, uh, taking groups of people to uh, Mexico, to Cuba, to Spain. And just the brief conversation I had with him, uh, I would, uh, I'd trust him with my life in uh, Mexico. <laughs> Why not? Hopefully I will soon. Uh, we mentioned a uh, trip at the end of this, and uh, I'm strongly considering it because it sounds like a lot of fun. For links to all of Andrew's information and email and websites, you can go to our website at TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there and click on the links for all our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and also Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, why not give us a good rating? That helps people find the show and uh, boost our presence online, and that's always a good thing. Maybe we'll get even more listeners So if you can, just uh, give us a good rating. And again, none of this costs you anything. That's right. Travel Tales Podcast, blissfully ad-free for your listening pleasure, much to the detriment of my wallet. I do this because I love travel, folks. And you listen because you love travel. And here's another guy who loves travel. Please enjoy my talk with Andrew Tyree. Doesn't sound very Latino to me. It's not Latino at all. Uh-huh. It's, it's French. I've been we're fourth gen I'm a fourth generation inland empire. Person. Oh, an actual California native. A California native. Wow, absolutely. you don't meet too many of them in Hollywood. No, not not so much, no. Mm-hmm. I'm from I'm from Redlands originally, and then my dad moved to Culver City when I was about eleven, I guess. Okay. So I spent summers and Breaks and all that kind of stuff in Culver City forever. So you're a guy, I'm guessing, like around late 20s, early 30s? Uh, 34. Okay, yeah. yeah. So what was like Culver City as a kid? What? How different then was it? <laughs> is it now? Uh, if I... Because I, I moved here in 97, and even yeah. then, Culver, Culver City, City was, was not a little great. rough. Yeah, yeah. Rough. <laughs> when, I was, when I was young, Culver City was not great. LA in general was not as good as it... It's, it's kind of coming up a lot, this Los Angeles is. Like downtown, you never went. I went, I actually went. had my, my summer job when I was a teenager was to clean a fountain, to clean multiple fountains in downtown LA in a place called California Plaza. Um, you know where, do you know where uh, Grand Central Market is? Yeah, yeah. You know the steps like behind that go up to that, those t- crazy towers? Yeah. That big fountain, the big plaza fountain in there, I cleaned that as a teenager. <laughs> that was my summer job, seriously. <laughs> wow. And I would go down to Grand Central Market to get burritos at, you know, at, at lunch break or whatever. And Broadway was just a mess. It was all very, very sketchy down there. 
And as soon as like whatever four o'clock, I'd be off the clock and I would go straight back to Culver City. And at Where night, it was, it was a dead zone. It was, was a total dead happened. zone. Yeah, I remember talking to a to a tourist from New York, and he was like, "This is your downtown. Like, what? Where is everybody?" <laughs> yeah, it was and embarrassing. Was like, it was super embarrassing and just real sketchy. It's still yeah. sketchy. I mean, there's it, pockets. It, it's not like yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's not Beverly Hills it's, by any means. No, it's not super fancy. There's right. little pockets of things going on, but there's still Sixth Street is still yeah. a delight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there's still, but there is stuff to do after dark now. Absolutely. I mean, before there's, it was, it was almost like Wall. I lived in New York, and it was yeah. like Wall Street. That after six o'clock, everybody went home, and there was nothing. Everyone leaves, done. and there's nothing to do. The restaurants are closed. There weren't even restaurants, really. No, like Grand Central Market, I think used to close at like three in the afternoon back in the day. <laughs> Just roll up the, roll up the tin doors, and everyone would like scurry away. <laughs> I should say how we met, though. It was a yeah. uh, travel mixer for Travel Massive in yes, uh, at. A very hot new restaurant in West Hollywood. Vegan Mexican. Vegan organic Mexican. Gracias food. Madre. Gracias Madre. And uh, you were working. I was working. And it. you had mentioned that you, <laughs> you, uh, well, tell about your business and what sure. it's called and what you do. So I, uh, well, to touch on that, I, I do work nights at Gracias Madre also. Um, but I have a company called Costa Costa that I've been doing for the last three years now. Um, and I take groups of people to, Spain initially, and now to Mexico, and now to Cuba, most recently to Cuba, about a month and a half ago, okay. two months ago. So wh- have you spoken Spanish from no. the get-go as a kid? I learned Spanish. I moved. I took a year off of college and moved to Sevilla, Spain, when I was about oh. 23. I was just there. Really? To, in Sevilla? Yep. Really? My first time. It's amazing, I right? I was there in, uh, yes, in uh, September. Awesome. That's a good month to go, too. It was beautiful. It, isn't it, was it nice? Beautiful. Really? Just now, September? Just love. Yeah. It, like a month awesome ago. That's You just got back. It was great. That's, that's my that's my. Went to Malaga man. and Sevilla. Malaga Malaga's all right. I, like, yeah. I just, I love Sevilla. I went to Sevilla for three months, and I ended up staying in Spain for four years, so. Oh, my God. I, like, really liked it. And how old were you? I was 20, I think I was 22 when I moved there. Okay, so you're and going from Culver City Culver to City, Sevilla. Culver. Yeah, I was, I was living in Northern California at the time. I was going to college okay. uh, uh, but near Napa, actually. Oh, right. And then um, I moved. Yeah, I moved to Sevilla for three months to learn Spanish. Got it. And like, it worked? It worked. I learned that Spanish. Uh, four years later, I learned that Spanish really well. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I did yeah. two years in Sevilla, two years in Madrid. That was a place I could live for three months, for sure. It's a, it's a really nice way of doing things. And then <laughs> yeah. you do three months, and then you get really used to it. And then coming back here, like you just want to stay there. Yeah. It's, it's relaxing. It's very nice. I got to tell you, after going, I had just spent three weeks in Scandinavia. And then nice. I went and met friends in uh, Malaga. Okay. And then we went to Sevilla and then back up to Madrid. But, and then we went to like Marbella for a day yeah. and stuff like that. But coming, coming back... And just like after seeing the, especially Scandinavia, which is so clean and rich and nice yeah. and beautiful, and just, <laughs> and then I land and then you take that drive up La Brea and you're like, Ugh, I live in a toilet. This is horrible. This place sucks. It does. What really? Ooh. Yeah. Stucco strip malls and you get that comparison. And you're it's like, really bad. Yeah. I was actually living, I was living, when I, I was living in Sevilla and I have a really good friend that was also living there who's from New York. And we would always meet at this cafe in a plaza, like, you know what I mean? Just very picturesque, yeah. southern Spain, beautiful, whatever. He was visiting Los Angeles, and we met in the valley where it's like Lancashire and all those streets crossed yeah. like in the back of a KFC. It was the only like <laughs> landmark. I was like, I think there's a KFC where these million streets cross, and we were like, we are not in Spain anymore. He must have thought it was just the ugliest He's like, this the- sucks. I mean, he's from New York, so he <laughs> yeah. like, kind of gets it, I guess. But both of us were like, God, why are we... 
or even here for the summer. Let's just yeah. go back. Yeah. I mean, there's beautiful parts of LA, but it's not what sure. they, I mean, people know, unless you're no. by the ocean, you know, yeah. the bluffs going into the water, <laughs> yeah. you know, those beautiful homes in like Beverly yeah. Hills and stuff like that's the stuff you see. Sure. But everything else is not attractive. It's not, it's not so great. When I moved, when I lived, when I was doing like the initial Spanish class, we were learning Spanish and it's like these like young people kind of learning it together. They're like, explain your city. And I was like, in very basic Spanish, I'm like, on the hills, nice. By the ocean, nice. Everywhere else, it's flat, bad. That was in like yeah. four words. That's kind of how I And you could be in it. Phoenix. And you could be in Phoenix. It's all the... <laughs> yeah. They're like, but Hollywood. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. also not so great. So right. you burst every one of yours bubble. That's but, tough. Yeah. Like when they come here and I've hosted guests. Poor and things. They, and they go to... Uh, <laughs> people around the world, they want to go to Hollywood. And they're like, ooh. <laughs> and, and I try to tell leave. them, this is better than it was in 97 when That's I got the it. Thing. it was, you didn't want to come down you there. You didn't at want all. to come at all. I, when I moved to Spain, it was 2004. So it was still, you know... Ba- it was still bad. It was still not right. not great. And all these people, are, oh Hollywood, glamour, glamour. And I'm like, not, not really. Sorry, so, guys. How did it go from visiting to, uh, these places yeah. to leading groups and starting your business? Man, I mean, so I moved. I moved there in 2004. So it's been a lot of years of this kind of developing into something. Um, but I ended up staying there to teach English, and that kind of developed into me making my own company where I was like an English teaching company and working for myself basically. So uh, that was, you know, I lived in Italy also for a year in between. So after five years of being there, I kind of developed the whole working for myself thing. I came back to, cause I was going to college in near San Francisco. So I came back for a summer to San Francisco to renew my visa. Their, bo- their economy crumbled. Basically this was like seven years ago. Yeah. 2008. When, right. Nine, yeah, exactly. Sure. Right before like kind of shit hit the fan here. Uh, it, it crashed everywhere. Over. It crashed everywhere. Yeah. Their first kind of thing. And so I come back for the summer and they were like, yeah, you can't come back now. So I hadn't finished college because I had skipped off to Spain. Mm. So I kind of didn't really have a plan B. So I just started working in a restaurant in San Francisco. Ended up staying in San Francisco for like six years. Which is very cheap. Which is so cheap. Uh, so affordable. Days, especially now. Oh, yeah. Great. great way to save money. <laughs> really good way to save money. Um, and I started working at a Spanish restaurant. You know, um, It was what I was doing before to pay for college and still one of those things I just fall back on whenever, whenever, right. whenever I need the cash. I just go to restaurants. <laughs> um, and I started because I had lived in Spain uh, being their contact for contacting the Spanish like wine companies and bringing in Spanish cheeses and meats. And then in the meantime, I would get groups of friends of mine to just go back to Spain for fun. Like we would go, we went for spring break one time, uh, like 12 of us went to a friend's wedding that I kind of organized and spearheaded. And then in the meantime, I'm, you know, buying these these wine and cheese and stuff from people that are like, anytime you come, we'll give you wine tours and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of ended up putting the two together. And in 2000, in September of 2012, I was like, I should take people to Spain and go hit, you know, go on these free wine tours and go to these cheese shops and all this. And I brought some friends along to Spain and one was a photographer, one was like a web designer and they made a little website out of it. And it just started, just started kind of happening from there. Yeah. So how many trips a year do you take? You would say, um, right now I just got married seven. Oh, congratulations. Ago. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm going to have to kind of scale it down, but I was doing seven ish. Seven ish a year, where I would do like a week a week long trip. Um, Have you gotten in with, uh, like, say, the tourism boards there that they cover some of this? That is what I'm starting to do now. I've always kind of just approached it as like, okay, everything is at cost, and then I'll like up up charge like ten percent to people, kind of thing for like a service charge. 
which wasn't really doing all that well. It was really, it's really great as in it's built a good client base and it, it's given me a lot of good experience, but I haven't really made money from it. And now I'm moving into, I've taken groups of friends that are like influencer types, like Instagram and these social media platforms. And that's their thing. They're like, man, get stuff comped. I'm going to start doing these Baja trips. I'm actually doing my third coming up November 21st, where I take uh, like a van. We rent a van for 15 people, load it up, stay one night in Valle de Guadalupe, which is like the um, like northern Baja wine region. Oh, okay. So I'm starting to do that monthly. And this is you know the third time going. I have another one that's almost sold out for December. And they're like, you need to start asking people, tourism boards, hotels that you frequent, all this kind of stuff for money back. So mm-hmm. just actually this morning, the hotel was like, yeah, we'll comp a bunch of rooms. Like, oh, <laughs> well, well, well. Well, this so how, better. how does it work? So people want to, yeah. they, they write you and they say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm interested in taking one of these tours. Mm-hmm. Are, they on, are they on the hook for their own airfare? Is that the deal? Or- I have, thus far, I've done, either people can opt to do their own airfare and we can meet up in the place. Um, but I prefer to do all of the airfares from like all of the flights from the same place. So I do typically I include flights from LAX Okay. Um, because from uh, up until now, well, there have been kind of some runoff, like some people have come in from New York and things, but the majority of the people that I've taken have been either from San Francisco or, for, or from LA. So you do the booking. I do the booking as well. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's time consuming though. It's just trying to figure out everybody's schedule. That's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing. This is why I try to get everything. I'm like, these are the dates we're going. These are the five nights. I'm going to get everybody that's on the same flight from LAX to Mexico city or wherever we're, we're heading. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's what's the biggest group you've taken. I took last day of the dead. I took 28 people to Oaxaca. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 28? 28. From L.A.? From L.A., from San Francisco, and a couple from New York. And how many days? Uh, five nights. Oh, my so God. Six days. Yeah, it was a lot. I was exhausted when I got home. Oh, my God. I was exhausted. God. And there were two... There was a house... We rent on an old hacienda, like a 130-year-old hacienda in the center. That filled up. That's like 18 people. And then all these other friends of friends wanted to go. So I rented another house down the street. So I was like back and forthing getting people all right we have to meet up here and this and that and like yeah i was exhausted when i got home oh my gosh do you have anybody like uh like helping you out with this (laughs) no no. Um, Uh, why would you my why know why why would i do such a thing (laughs) my my wife is super helpful but she has a full-time job she works in fashion and can't just up and leave and go on these vacations with me which aren't really vacations for her um so she helps me with kind of the back end of stuff um, I have actually a really good friend who owns a bar in San Francisco and has been a bartender forever who's helped me on a couple of the trips just to kind of like wrangle, I guess I'd call it. Like, all right, everybody, go this way while I kind of can figure things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 28 was a lot. 28 was a lot. I like to keep <laughs> it – I like to keep it around like 15 to 18 is kind of my – my the group size that I like. Well, let's go back to Spain sure. and let's uh, – and then we'll go to Mexico after yeah. that. So uh, Spain were your first trips? Uh, yes. When you organized? When I organized, yeah. Okay. Barcelona. So for people who, like, I, until this past trip, I had only been to Madrid and Barcelona. Okay. A couple times each place. Yeah. So this is my first one. I was like, okay, I want to see more of Spain. And yeah. Spain is big. I mean, it's there's, big. And every yeah. region's very, very different. Yes. And uh, so if you, other than Madrid and Barcelona, which first timers kind of have to see, where's your next, when people go, where should I go for my third trip? To Spain? In Spain. I, I love, love, love Sevilla. I love it. I love the South in general. There's, 
these things called the Pueblos Blancos that are like little tiny. Yeah, those I wanted to hit towns. those. In the, if we had so a car, pretty. I would have done that. If you get because you can get rental cars. The south of Spain is really cheap. They're very. Uh, they're just kind of. They're like, oh, you're from America? Cool. They don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're n- well, the hard thing is the insurance thing. Do they stick you with that? I mean, I, I just rented a car in Ireland, and they really— Was it a lot? Well, they nail you. You have to buy this insurance, oh. which ends up like doubling the price. I, that happened to me in Mexico this last trip, yeah, too. It's a, like, the, why didn't you tell me that over the internet? I always I, tell I people, yeah, you got to like really look on the fine print on, A, your credit card. That right. some, some of them cover. Okay. But every country is oh. different. They make you— Costa Rica yeah. pulled that on us. Yeah. Like Mexico they make does you, that for sure. They make you buy like this mandatory insurance. The mandatory insurance. When you get that, they don't bother telling you until you're there. Yeah. And you have to get it or you're walking around Ireland. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> not, not a lot of choice. I remember when I, I mean, I was there in kind of my mid 20s and I think I would just rent it off a passport. This, I mean, that's when I like when I was specifically in Sevilla. The other times I've rented actually kind of bigger uh, vans and it's been fine. Um, but I didn't. I haven't done a trip to Spain in two years, though. So I don't know if they've tightened up on things. Yeah. Well, the two things yeah. I re- I regret not doing when yeah. down there was the the white cities, this the white, one, yeah, and then the Alhambra. The I didn't Alhambra get is to. beautiful, really, really pretty. Yeah. So Granada but that books up though. You like super book fast. That way you have in to advance. book it at least a month in advance. I yeah, think. right. Um, but yeah, it's, the south of Spain is just like it's so pretty. It's very, very, very pretty. The north of Spain I like, but it's just a different. I don't know that that south resonates with me more. They're, the people are just kind of more fun and like they just yeah. dance and drink and sing a lot. I'm like, this is really fun. The one thing I didn't it's do down sweet. there that I thought would be more of is like yeah. a beach culture. Yeah, like you got to go. I heard we. I jumped in the water in Marbella just because yeah. I, I didn't want to leave without saying I jumped in the water. Right, and it was nice, but yeah. the beaches aren't like what mm-hmm. you think they. Be. N- not on the Marbella side. They're not. I don't like that side as much. If you go south by Cadiz, yeah, they're really nice there. I actually lived. I, my, the first year I was there, I thought I had a flight home, uh, but it filled up. It was when they had like open-ended flights for for like students and things. So I thought it, I was like, oh, I'll fly back in May. I'll like stay here, you know, nine months and fly back in May. They didn't have any flights till August. So Sevilla, the city of Sevilla, like empties out in July and August. So I went to a town called Conil and worked in a restaurant for a couple of weeks, and then just camped and stayed in <laughs> Conil by myself for about a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. And that town's gorgeous. It's one of those white towns on the ocean. So there's like – Spain beach culture is only in July and August. Like those beach towns fill up and all the cafes and all the stuff is open and they're very like into beach time during those two months, which is when the whole country has break. And then come September, everything's closed up again and everyone goes home. Okay. We were torn. We were there this first – First, second week of September. Okay. And uh, I had talked to a friend of mine in Barcelona and because yeah. we, we, we couldn't decide whether to go to the south, yeah. to around Malaga and the coast, yeah. or San Sebastian. Oh, yeah. And uh, they told us, she said, uh, she's Spanish, she's lived there her whole life. She yeah. said, well, San Sebastian, that time of year, the weather might be chilly. It might and be And I was cold like, already? already? Yeah, yeah. Have you found that? Did that, I, does that make sense to you? Because I would think it, that... You would think it'd be warmer. The yes. south is really warm. The north in general... The north is almost kind of like a San Francisco sort of climate okay. where it's much more foggy. It's much colder. Like you compare LA to San Francisco, it's only six hours by car and it's freezing up there all right, the time, right. you know? And even north of San Francisco, the whole north coast is very cold. So I think it has to do with the depth of the... What is it? The Cantabric Sea? Like yeah. at the top of the north right there is is... It's just colder, deeper water. 
Um, and then you have the Mediterranean in the south, which is like very, very shallow and just warmer. So it just creates mm-hmm. kind of colder, warmer climates. But San Sebastian, you're a fan? S- San Sebastian, I'm a big fan of. I've, it's been freezing, freezing cold every time I've gone there, though. <laughs> really? Like, seriously, I went in August. Like, I went... I, um, when was this? This would have been like three or four years ago. I went with an ex-girlfriend and we stayed for a month. We rented a car and drove all around Spain. And we drove through the north where San Sebastian is. And it was just like... It, I, I want to say it was in, in August and it was just freezing there. Yeah. Oh, okay. She so wasn't lying to me. No, okay, she's I not think, lying. Yeah, true Yeah, story. the girls I was with they were like, uh, we, we want the, the heat. Oh, you know, well, we're going to get it. So we're we went down. So yeah. You got to go south. Yeah. So it was hot down mm-hmm. in Malaga. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I loved it down there. And, the, and they say San Sebastian, though, is like for foodies, that's the place. Definitely. The, the, north, the north takes better. They're more like. Um, that's Basque. Ba- Basque. That's Basque. Basque country, San Sebastian yeah. is Basque. Yeah. They, they're more, they're, I don't, how, how would I, how would you say it? Like they're more, they're more careful with how they plate or present things and everything is, they're, they're more like kind of exact people. Whereas in the South, they're kind of sloppy, but fun. The North, they're, they're like a lot more like things are plated and served correctly. In the South, they just kind of throw stuff at you <laughs> and you read it. Yeah. Okay. If there is a, a spot in, or a region of Spain that you yeah. think, well, if you, if you don't have time, you could skip this area. Um, like the center, maybe? The center, the suburbs of Madrid are not great. Yeah. So yeah. I, when, I, when I was living in Madrid, I was teaching English in like, there'd be like these factory towns outside. It's like going to Vernon. In exactly. LA, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You're, you'd be like, why? Yeah. Like downtown LA is so cool and it'd be the same. And then like two miles out of it is this, like these industrial little towns. Area. Industrial, yeah. like, yeah. And then it's just like it. It turns into kind of like America looking where everything's like big box stores. It doesn't have the charm anymore. It's all like all that stays in the mm-hmm. center of the of the cities. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. when you said you were thinking of like staying there and opening a business and, yeah. and people and then the economy crashed and like I try to describe it to people here. I mean, I don't know if it's still this bad, but it was I want to say like unemployment is around 25% yeah, in Spain. For young like people. my friends who lived in Madrid, yeah. uh, they grew up there. Yeah. And vi- finally her and her brother just said we got to leave they were in their 30s and then they moved to london because they couldn't really there was no work yeah you know they they saw there was there, there was, was no way to move up there was no there's no jobs people were kind of capped even when i lived there excuse me and it was still kind of booming they had a thing they're called mil euristas and it's like people are capped at a thousand dollars a month a thousand euros a month and basically everyone that is between let's say like mid to mid twenties to mid thirties is kind of capped out at this, like a thousand euros a month, even before the crash. So like, they're not, they were kind of a capped out economy anyway. And then the crash happened. And then even that was like, not a possibility for a lot of people. Yeah. If you were under 40, yeah, there was like, I think unemployment was like 40% or some crazy thing. Yeah. It was really high. It got super high. It got really bad for, I think they're kind of starting to come out of it. Hopefully, um, it's telltale when it's like the refugees are just passing through Spain. They're yeah. not even. They're like not even staying. They're, no, they're, they're like headed <laughs> right up to Germany. They're, they're like, like not even. There's no work here. Broke. Yeah. They a lot of a lot of people went to Mexico City. Actually, Mexico City got a huge influx of Spaniards. Oh, of, really? Like young Spaniards that went. Yeah. They they're just like, well, we can't really afford here. We'll go to South America, which which you don't really think of Europeans you know, fleeing and going to South America very often, unless they're, they're like have to post like World yeah. War II or something, but they're like, Oh, there's more jobs in Mexico than there are here. We got to go, go that way, <laughs> which yeah, it like, it, it became kind of a big, a big thing for a while. I know Mexico, Mexico city w- was kind of booming as Spain, like the bottom dropped out, so to speak. I always say about people when they, that we, we, 
romanticize a lot of uh, like Spain, Italy, and France. Yeah. And they say, oh, this is the lifestyle. This is great. Right. And I say, well, yes, but it's great to retire to. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you know, I had a friend. I met these guys in uh, Vietnam. They were Italians. Yeah. And they said uh, to me, they were like, oh, you're lucky in America. You can just open a business and, and it's you, you, know, you don't have to know anybody. And I was like... Well, you live in Italy. You don't live in the third world. You can just right. open it. And they're like, man, you got to know somebody. You got to do it. It's so ingrained in this way of thinking that, and it's yeah. very corrupt. You got to pay off this guy. You got to do that. Italy. Right. And uh, so I say, and, and it's almost like Arizona in a way. It's like if you're young and ambitious or Hawaii, yeah. the young, ambitious people leave. Right. To go make and, it somewhere. And go other it's places. great to go. Yeah. It's right. great, a great place to retire to. It's, it's just, a good place to retire to. I, I found it was okay for me. It was good for me because I had kind of like a niche job teaching English um, where there always there was always kind of a demand for it and there weren't a lot of Spaniards that were that would teach it. So I kind of always had work and it paid really well. So my version of it is kind of like a little skewed. I'm like, oh, wow, this place is like a dream. I was working 20 hours a week and just had like leisure time. My Spanish is really good because I had so much free time, right? Right. But like the reality of day-to-day life for an actual Spaniard is not that. It's it's just not that. I would, like I when I started working for myself teaching English, I'd go and teach these things and it was like 50, they'd pay me like 50 euros an hour. That's like unheard of. 50? For five zero. Well, I worked for a company that would like rent me out. They'd be like, this is our English teacher, Andrew, right? Oh, right. And okay. then it, they'd pay me 15 an hour. And then I just kind of like went around them and set up my own thing to other companies and pitched it and they would charge 50 euros an hour for my services and pay me 15. So then I just cut out the middleman and started making 50 an hour. And that... It, like there then was like a lot. It was a whole lot. So I, was, yeah. I would work very little. My apartment was amazing. So literally <laughs> my like, if just from kind of having the skill of being <laughs> like a like native English speaker yeah, uh, and kind of thinking outside of the box and hustling a little bit, I was able to have like a really great life over there and work very little. It was like this very, I lived behind like the like the Prado, you know the museum. The, yeah. The, um, so I would just pass through that on my way home. Oh, great! Because I it'd stayed be free. right there. Yeah. Right Did you really? There. Yeah. So the street I lived on was right by the big train station. Right by Atocha. So I lived up the street from Atocha and right in front of the park and right behind a block behind the. Um, oh, museum. great! Yeah, it was really nice. It's really nice. That's not how my apartment is here yeah. at all. <laughs> then I moved back to America, and it's like yeah. a, like a reverse hustle, I guess. <laughs> well, now you're. I mean, I've I've talked to people who want to do because teaching English overseas is a big way people like travelers love right. to right. Uh, make money while they're there. But the choice ones are always like in Europe and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, I, I heard a lot of the agencies are just like, well, we don't need more people who want to go to Spain. We we need people who want to go to like. Russia, you know, Myanmar, or right? You know, or or yeah. yeah, Russia, or They're something like, like that. Go ahead and teach out there. You're yeah. Like, oh, this isn't as good. Can you go to Sierra Leone? And yeah. no, 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 I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do that. But yeah, yeah. those are, they're available if you want it. The Spain ones are definitely. I, I wasn't even teaching through a program. I just kind of ended up like getting work. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want to leave, and this friend was like, "I babysit these kids in English. Do you want this job?" And I kind of like from there transitioned and work in an elementary school, and then like worked up from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Let's go to Mexico then. Sure. Like, say dealing with Mexico as opposed to Spain. Yeah. In terms of organizing these things, I'm sure uh, it's a closer flight at least. Closer flight. But uh, yeah. what are the pluses and minuses with dealing with Mexico? Um, the pluses, closer flight. It's it's less expensive, obviously. Um, there's a lot to it that I, I find Mexico really, really just 
beautiful and kind of it's kind of like a neglected younger brother i feel like they get they get kind of a bad they get a bad rap i mean there's all sorts of conflict of it mexico i find is really really layered there's really like there's very extremely poor and extremely rich it's like kind of a country of extremes um every time i go there though i find somehow get into that good extreme where it's we go to really pretty places we end up like kind of connecting with these people that are just super helpful and really friendly and like above and beyond. I always, I always loved Spain going there and stuff, but I don't know. Mexico has just kind of a different, like deeper cultural pull to it also that I really like. It's one of those things that it's so close yeah. that I don't think of like, and, and of course I think being in LA has some of it to sure. do with it that it, like Mexico kind of comes to me. Right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like I can get great Mexican culture. There's Mexican here, stuff right here. Yeah, gotta, so yeah. it's just like it's on my list of things to do. I've seen so little of it. Right. Sadly, right. I've been all around uh, like Central Amer- Central America. Yeah, I've been to you know Brazil and Argentina and, yeah. and down South America, but I just haven't explored that much of Mexico. Yeah. And I always kind of think of this is so close. Well, I can always go there. I'll go there later. Right? Yeah, and you never it's, do. And, and, and I and still have not been to Mexico City. I mean, I ended up moving to Spain for four years to learn Spanish. Yeah. I could have just gone down the street. Could have got you know a job at Cucuru. I could have just got a job right down there. I could, I, even with working in restaurants, I was like, I really want to learn the Spanish. I really want to learn the Spanish. And I had a friend who was living in Spain, and I was like, I'll move to Spain. And then, you know, ten years down the road, I was like, I could have just moved like a two-hour flight yeah. away and not have been halfway across the world. We had a guest last month, Lisa Alvarado. She did the same thing. She went down yeah. to uh, Puerto Vallarta and lived down there for a little while to like. Really work on her Spanish. I yeah. Like, well, we live in L.A. You know, we could just you could you could do that. Go to here. Pico Rivera. Over it's here. <laughs> it's different though. If you go to a place where You're you have to, to yeah, speak you. it, it's just you just. I think do. that's the only way I'm going to learn. You just do. You just end up to. I know. I saw. I see that there's like a Rosetta Stone. Oh my Spanish. god. Yeah. How's it? How's it going? It, every, that's my New Year's resolution every, every year. year. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm I can get by. It. Yeah, but I'm good. just not conversational right and unless right, you can right. really talk to the native that's what i want yeah and i also want when i go out with them like say to a dinner yeah. they're all speaking english for me right. and you know i don't want to you like you don't want to i don't want to be them the, with yeah. it right that make them change how they yeah it's it's like honestly it was the best thing i ever did was learning that spanish because now i can like f- switch back and forth really fluidly my wife is mexican her parents like i can her oh. parents actually speak english perfectly but like grandparents i can bust into conversation with them just fine everyone's cool at the table there's no like oh translate for him like that doesn't have to happen which works out really they well they can't talk about you in front of you and I you can got bust that. Them. i know <laughs> <laughs> well i hear you you know no yeah it, it works out well on the plus side i will say when i when i went to spain and i was speaking spanish they said i sounded like a mexican and then, <laughs> I said, Probably. well, yeah, that's yeah. all the this Spanish I've heard my this whole how, life. This is how we learn it here, yeah. <laughs> Are you from here? No, Chicago. Oh, okay. Second yeah. largest Same. number it's a big, of uh, it's a Mexicans big Latino population. Yeah. after L.A. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, unexpectedly. Tons. So. And Tons. Polish. And po- okay. <laughs> and second largest number of Polish after uh, outside of Warsaw. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of... It's a good mix. And everybody's mix. Catholic. And everybody's Catholic. Every, oh, between that and the Irish and all them, yeah, everybody's Catholic. Italians in Chicago, too? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. That's many, but mostly Irish. But mainly Irish. Okay. The Irish run the city. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, then the Polish came, and then the Mexicans are okay. the two big uh, the minority two big, groups. Like, yeah, immigrant groups. And black, but, okay. yeah, but yeah. Uh, if you're going to hear other languages. It. Right, right, right. It's the, the it's Polish that. and Mexican. Same. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Spanish. A lot nice. of Spanish. But so uh, when you go to Mexico, do they say your Spanish sounds like? My Spanish sounds like a, sounds like a Spaniard now. Mm-hmm. They're like, where, where are you from? They're, they're confused because now that I'm back here, 
I don't do the th like they do in Spanish. Mm -hmm. I've dropped that, but my intonation is kind of Spaniard sounding. So they're not exactly sure what to think of me. They're I was like, you the, speak well, yeah. but where? How? The hardest Spanish I ever, I couldn't figure out was uh, Buenos Aires. Oh, really? Have you heard them? The zhuzhing. Oh, the it's crazy. And the and, yeah. That was one. I couldn't even get the gist. Yeah. They were looking at me like, and I was looking at them like, I, I no, don't know. No, uh, let's just do this in English. We're, we're going to draw pictures. Yeah, it was, it was rough. That Cuban one, that one was fun. Yeah. I was like, what the, what are you guys you, saying? So you've been in Cuba? Uh, two months ago. Two I went a couple, ago. I went a few years ago. Or yeah. 2000. 11. Okay. I was down there. I just went to Havana for a few days. Yeah. What'd you think? Did you Man. bring a group? I brought a group. Yeah. How, um, did you go through like Cancun? We went, no, we actually went through. So they're loosening up the borders now, like with America. Um, we went through Miami. Um, we were there for seven nights. We did Havana the whole time and we would do like day trips out. Okay. It's a we lot were, of Havana. It's a nights. lot of Havana is what it was. Um, Three was, I think, good for me. And then I would have liked to have gone out to some small that's, towns. That's exactly. I'm, I'm actually putting together another group trip for March. And I've been, I also do like, uh, like travel agent work now. I'm starting to do that kind of more and more. So I don't have to be gone all the time and right. be married and home. Um, and I've been putting together weeks for people. And I'm like, you get to Havana, stay there two nights. Go to Vinales for two days, go out and around different towns for a couple of days, come back, spend excuse me, the last night in Havana. But yeah, seven seven days of it was was tough. It was the first week of September. It was still super hot and really, really humid and yeah. Well, you um, went during hurricane season. That's a good call. Right in the you smack to do dab that. in the middle of yeah, hurricane sure. season. I was hoping for something like that. <laughs> I found the people to be really great and lovely, lovely and very friendly and helpful and hopeful that their situation is gonna get better. But then it's just so messed up for like six years and like hard for everything. Yeah, I yeah. I found it fascinating in in terms of like people ask me what it was like, and I said, well, for one, it's really poor. Mm -hmm. You know, people the people are really poor, but they do the best with what they have. Right, a lot of that. But uh, I thought the dual money thing was a That's weird situation. Confusing, yeah. And uh, I would say that like the most amazing part about it was going to a place where there's no advertising, zero. It's all just propaganda on the signs. It, I was going to say no, it's advertising for their own government. Yeah, but that's it. We're there's in no this sign together. To say Sony Comrades, or Coke or Com nothing. None of that. No. Nothing. And we're so inundated with it. They and, don't have Coke. They, they yeah, don't even, they're not they even allowed to have it. They, they have a. I forget what they it's call like it. It's like a Cuban cola. Which is terrible. It's, it's really not. Good. Yeah, I tried some. It wasn't. As <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> that's one good. thing we got going on. Got but music going. everywhere. A lot of music going on, which was cool. Um, yeah, it was just. It was. Yeah, it like. Speaking with people, being able to speak Spanish to everybody and kind of get their story was yeah. really, really great. But I, I keep telling people, it took me a couple of days after the fact, people would be like, ooh, because it's, you know, everyone wants to know how Cuba is, especially right now with like, we're just able to go there and this and that. And I couldn't even really like have a good response right when I got back. It took me a couple of days to kind of like figure out what it what it was. And then I started kind of saying that it wasn't it wasn't like a vacation at all. It was like a travel human experience more than more than vacation. It wasn't relaxing, but it was very like educational and I don't know, deep and moving. What did the guests think of it? Uh, they it's it's hard, man. We come from like a it's hard to bring people from here. So it's the same. It's like very, very, very good, but nothing works and very, very, very good. But why do they run out of food? at the grocery stores for them or like very, very good. And like our driver was amazing and so nice. And like people cried at the end, hugging the driver goodbye kind of thing. He was just so nice. He just like was great. I don't know why everyone just got real emotional when leaving him. <laughs> um, but like 
he'd be like, oh, yeah, sometimes we just run out of groceries. And we're like, Jorge, why do you – like, you're so – and he's like a hustler. He's like has a tie every day even though he's sweating. He's just – like you were saying, they really do the best with what they have. And he was such such a hard worker. And he's like, yeah, we just don't have – we don't have olive oil right now. And we're like, why do you have olive oil? And he's like, oh, we just don't have it sometimes. And you're like, damn, like you're you're working all the time and you just don't have something so simple as olive oil. Yeah. They can grow that there. They could. <laughs> They've been tricked into thinking that they can't grow anything in their soil. It's like this propaganda thing that's kept them just – like they're not self-sufficient. They would rather have like close ties with Russia and, and China still and import their rice and beans and keep their people poor. I'm like, it's just fundamentally not good. Right. You know? What about dealing? Just, I mean, the infrastructure is really not there. It's not like, no. but people think that, uh, I have to remind people that I go, you know, they've had tourism all the time. Forever, I mean, right. you go there, it's Europeans, there's, there's tons of Canadians, yeah. there's yeah. Lots a of lot Canadians. of South Americans and right. Mexicans and yeah. visiting, but uh, it's just like there's certain infrastructure things that are just not. It's in right. place because you know? people were saying they're like, oh, is their infrastructure not ready for tourism? I'm like, their infrastructure is not ready for them. It's not even ready for yeah. them to <laughs> to have eggs all the time. You know, like the, people are like, oh, now that America's coming, like they really need to work on their tourism infrastructure. And I'm like, they need to like get people water first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they need. There's a lot bigger fish to fry than than being able to accommodate us. Yeah, speaking of fish to fry, yeah. people were asking about the food. I was like, eh, again, <laughs> yeah, they they do. I go, you're better off getting Cuban food in Miami, where Seriously. they can get all the ingredients. We were you know? trying to get a Cuban sandwich to save our lives. <laughs> yeah. and we're like cubana torta cubana. Right, an actual Cuban sandwich is like kind of a hard roll with just like a strip of of meat in the middle, like a strip of ham. And that was it. Like, they're, like Cubanas here are really good. Yeah. They're like a pulled pork kind of thing going on and pickles and that whole thing. Well, they got every ingredient at their disposal tons here. And tons. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was kind of our – the chef actually from my restaurant, um, from Gracias Madre, the restaurant that I work at, she came with – and it was really interesting having a chef along because she'd be like, what is going on with this? Like – and we would have – that was kind of the nice thing of going with a group. And it was kind of you know a bunch of like-minded, like interested in what's going on people. And kind of like that topic kept coming up a lot of like why is their food not like good in comparison to here? Why is it not as flavorful or why is it not as like well-prepared? And it was that. Like they – it's a survival mechanism. It's not like for fun. They, they yeah. can't – if you can't afford to get salt, you're not going to just – you're gonna like put meat that's not salted because salt is like a luxury. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was crazy. It was very eye opening. Where do they see it now? I'm sure they heard the news about like it opening up a little right. bit. Um, where do the people that you talk to see it going, and how do how do they feel about it? Everyone I spoke to was actually very pro Americans coming in. They're they're they want they want it, like it to be kind of pushed forward they want the outside influence there's internet now that's popping up in more places where they had like zero internet before to the public um so they see us they see us as very like progressive and kind of a good step forward at least most of the people that i that i spoke to they don't want to be like their system to be like our system though they 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 no one would say they wanted it to change they would say they wanted their system to like improve so it was they were like yeah we want internet because we want we want information we want the internet we want to know what's happening in the outside world we don't want things to like stay kind of capped like they are but we're not going to go we're not going to go corporate like that yeah like all of them were very like oh hell no we're not doing it like that though well they had 
They've been down that road before. They've been There's down a reason there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even the word change for them, change equals like these 180 flips of like crazy change of power that like doesn't end up well for people, you know? Yeah. So they're like, we'll just, we're just going to improve what we've got going on right now. We're not looking to like drastically change things. I saw that in uh, like in Eastern Europe when I was in Croatia and places yeah. like that, that had been, you know, there was a lot of old timers that were really nostalgic for the old communism days. And I right. would ask them about it and, and they would go, you know what, we were expected to be taken care of and we were right. you and know we, were. maybe we didn't have a lot but we didn't have to worry about having a place to live there's at least that base medicine yeah right we, we were you know yeah and also when you pay into the system for 50 years and all of a sudden it's gone they're like <laughs> that's oh now i'm on my own now and now what yeah i worked that whole time for right oh i'm okay it's now. like it's like me not having social security yeah i'm all can i get that back now please exactly you buy into the system and You're then buying into the system oh so it's eventually gonna go away it's gone right now? We're, we're new country okay oh it's this new thing yeah and it's a new monetary system and now we're europe yeah it's like well the kids seem excited but we are uh, <laughs> we're, we're on our own now they, okay they're still owed some checks it sounds yeah. like <laughs> yeah so yeah it was, it was interesting yeah. and because they're all taught and so we were always taught that capitalism was cruel right and uh in ways that it it is right you know? yeah. i see more certainly more homeless here than uh anywhere i saw in in those countries we don't have the safety net no. There's not that safety net. Even living in Spain, which is like a socialist country, I ended up be, being very, very comfortable. You at least have that where you're like, oh, if if all else fails, like when after I had my visa and stuff, I remember I had pink eye. I was just telling someone this recently. I had pink eye in my Spanish class when I first moved there. And I refused to go to the doctor for like – because I thought it would just go away or whatever. You know, I, I, we never go to the doctor in America. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I was like early 20s. I didn't have insurance. And my teacher's like, just go to the doctor. Just go to the doctor. I finally went to the doctor. And I'm thinking they're going to trick me the whole time and like make me somehow pay. But I'm broke and I don't have any money. And they're like, all right, cool. I'm like, how much is this visit? And he's like, oh, it's gratis. Like it's free. And he's like, but here's a prescription. And I'm like, that thing, that's where they're yeah. going to get me. And I went to the pharmacy and my eye drops, which cleared it up in like an hour, were a one euro. <laughs> so there was yeah. no trick to it. It was just like, they're like, and they kept being like, what's, what's this guy's problem? Like, right. why is he so like oh, really? I don't have to go broke by having pink eye? By just having pink live eye. Live in fear of and getting <laughs> sick? I, it, I, I spent a long weekend like in at my house sequestering myself and trying not to you know spread pink eye. And I went to school on Monday, and they're like, uh-uh, you got to get out of here. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to make me go broke. Yeah. It was fine. A euro I had. I had literally <laughs> a euro. <laughs> Worked out real well. I can cover that one euro. I, I got that. I want to know more than that. Cool. So, I mean, are you going to do more trips to Cuba? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because now now it's gotten to a point where I feel like I, there's there's a couple of things. I want to I get there in a time where it's still kind of what it is. Because I feel that America moving in is going to influence a lot. Um, and kind of make it into another kind of like islandy destination. But I feel that yeah. they're like... You don't want it to become like Nassau. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't want it to become like a Miami-looking place. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to get in there now while it still kind of is Cuba. There's a lot of interest in it also, so um, there's that. But I want to help specific like groups or people that are there doing it rather than stay at like hotel conglomerates or kind of support that big tourism that's going to come in. Like I have this theory that we're going to go in and build these big hotels and employ the people to be bussers at, on their own land. And like I don't like that. America has a tendency to just do that. That's like kind of our jam. 
Um, and I'm which like, is what it was. Which before. is what, which is what it was turning 50s. into before before yeah, yeah. they kind of kicked us out. You oh, know, my great uncles and like uh, my grandfathers they used to fly Go down from New York. And right, it was Vegas. It was, it was the it was Vegas insane. of the Mediterranean. Right, it was like a lawless kind of crazy oh, little area. Right. So I, but I mean, and everyone would like. Everyone is working for the Americans then. And I'm trying to kind of get my groups. And I do this with all the places I go. I employ people that are locals from the places that we go to lead us around on the tours, to do any kind of activities, to be drivers, to renting of the homes that we stay in, all any of that kind of stuff. I never go through big companies. I never really stay in hotels. We do homestays, even in Spain and Mexico. Um, and I want to do that specifically with Cuba because I'm like, you guys are going to get bowled over if you don't kind of build this up and have like a base. So I stayed in a, uh, uh, it was a pension. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed in some old lady's apartment. How'd it go? It, it was, it was great. But yeah. I, I tell people it's like, that was one place where I really needed to be conversational. She spoke no English. Zero English. Her, That's she lived thing. with her yeah. son and grandson. Okay. And they spoke little. a little, little bit. And we yeah. got by a lot of hand signals and sure. things like that. But, yeah. uh, I stayed in, cause all I had, I just went on a whim. I was meeting somebody in, uh, Maya Riviera. Okay. So I flew into Cancun. I said, I'm going to go a few days early. Yeah. See if I can get a flight. You I got a Cubana right Airlines flight. Cool. All cash. And all I had was a Lonely Planet guide. Nice. And he said, Perfect. for staying a pension. Lonely Planet. And uh, I just pointed to the... I had the driver from the airport take me to this one in the book in this Old thing. Havana. Yeah. And uh, they were full, but they said, of course, they all know somebody else. Everyone else just has. Just go to right. right down the street. Right. So I just wanted this lady, and, and I stayed in her spare room. Cool. It's like the original Airbnb. Right. That's what I And tell I hear people. they're now on Airbnb. They are on Airbnb. That's what I'm, I was booking two people that are going this morning, and I'm like, honestly, they were doing Airbnb pre-Airbnb. Yeah, They've this been was doing before, this but they're on the service now. They, they're now actually on our Airbnb. On, but a lot of them don't have internet, right? Right. I mean, There's a big problem with internet. So it's hard. I don't know how that's going to work out. Because yeah. Airbnb got in there, which I think is probably like it. I, I don't know. I think that's a pretty good idea. They're already doing it before. Yeah. But we as Americans trust Airbnb, but we don't trust a pension woman that you're just going to meet in the street of Havana. Right. We're, we're a little touchy like that, right? <laughs> like, the, like some of these people that I was trying to tell this morning, I'm like, I promise you, it's like Airbnb. And then I thought, oh, go to Airbnb, actually, because they were kind of hesitant to just stay at someone's house. But it works through credit cards and stuff. I don't know how they're... I getting so, the money, you know what I mean? And I tried on this last grouped one, I tried to do a pension in, in Havana and I tried to do it and they sent Airbnb sent needed everyone's email address that was going to stay at the house. And they, they needed our addresses and like all this kind of information. And some people weren't sending it back. So in the end I was like, how about I just pay you cash when I get there? So I tried to go through Airbnb, but in the end I was like, this isn't working. We're cash showing up this works. day. Cash absolutely works. Did you use U.S. dollars? Uh, no. We had our driver trade all of our money when we first got there. Um, yeah. For the convertible peso or the, uh, the, the, the locals? The convertible peso. Yeah. The CUC. They said if you can get the locals money, yeah. then you can really eat cheap. Then you can eat really, really cheap. <laughs> it's it's 24 of the local pesos to one of our peso. Mm-hmm. So And they'll charge us like the same – it was it was it's twenty four times more expensive for a tourist on just any given thing. That's one of the things they were um I think with the last meeting with the Cuba, the one of the, the things they were trying to do it if you're gonna promote this thing, if we're gonna open it up, that, yeah. that the the two monetary system kinda has to go by the Oh, way. that has to go away. They're oh. they're trying to push them to get rid of that. But interesting. I think this is a way of like controlling the people. It's basically like food stamps. It's kind of a food stampy situation. I we found out that we found out the day before we were leaving, 
we we had budgeted fifty to a hundred dollars a day on the conservative side to like eat out and you know have drinks and whatever if you needed to grab some shopping souvenir y kind of stuff. And like halfway through, we're like, this is great. I'm only spending about 50 bucks a day. This is cool. This is cool. We found out the day we're, we're, before we're leaving, a doctor makes $50 a month. So like, I don't even know how they would get rid of their kind of system because it's like the, the amount we were buying like a cocktail in this hotel Nacional. you know, did you yeah, see yeah, that yeah. one? We were buying, what are they called? Daiquiris in the patio of hotel Nacional overlooking the ocean. Yeah. I went to the, like El Floridita and El all, Florida that, stuff. And all yeah. that stuff. And they're like five bucks for daiquiri. And we're like, this is a deal. This is such a deal. That's a 10th of a doctor's salary yeah. a month. Like it's not a deal for them. So no. like for the, we can't, I don't know how that they, how they would equalize that. That's just not, we, we I think we have to pay more than, you know, Yeah, we ate at one of the bigger restaurants in, mm. uh, right on the square in the old Havana. Yeah. You know, that yeah. one square that's kind of sure. built up. And Plaza Vieja. Yeah. The one that the looks one, really nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's a restaurant there, and we're yeah. eating outside, and it's lovely. But you know, we're just in full knowing that none of the locals could ever eat there, could ever afford that. No way, never. One of one of those meals is like half of someone's salary, literally, right. of a doctor's salary that has to go through the same amount of medical training and all that stuff. Like here, yeah. And the kicker, the food was just okay. It was just fine. <laughs> it was just okay. <laughs> that was it. It was just like, mm. oh man, how bummed would you be if you spent a month's salary? Like yeah. even I mean, think of the nicest restaurant you can think of in Los Angeles. It's still not a month's salary worth. No. There's no you know what I mean? It, their their scale is way different than I ours. know. It's way tough. different. Yeah. Um okay, well let's get um sure. some of your your favorite um if you had to pick one vacation yourself. <sighs> you had one you had two weeks a year, like unfortunately yeah. too many Americans. I know, um, seriously. Where would you go? Um I I would go, wow, two weeks a year. Okay. I think I would go to, and I just actually got back from there. Maybe that's why I'm saying this, but there's a town in Mexico that's, it's outside of Puerto Vallarta. It's outside of Sayulita. Have you heard of, there's a town just north of Puerto Vallarta called Sayulita. Okay. It's like an hour outside. There's a town just north of that called San Pancho. San, it's called San Francisco is the actual name of it. But San, San Pancho is like what it is for short. And it's this, it's like jungle meets the ocean it's untouched for the most part. There's one strip of like cute little shops and restaurants. You can get tacos for really cheap. It's still very inexpensive. You can get a beer on the beach for like a dollar seventy five. A Corona has a perfect break. The waves are really friendly and nice and break perfectly, and oh, the water's man. super duper warm. Yeah, this sounds great. It's so good. <laughs> so San good. Pancho. San Pancho. I look it up. Write it down. So if um, don't tell everyone out there in internet the, land. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The big fear about, you know, it's mostly fear that keeps people from Mexico, I think. Right, yeah, definitely. How yeah. much of it is overblown and how much is so valid? So it, before, years ago, so they had, they had a president who tried to start war with the cartels and that went horribly wrong. Um, his name was Calderon and he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block, block the narco traficantes for coming through and all this kind of stuff. And they basically declared war on the country by murdering tourists. So 10 to five years ago, it was a very, very real threat to not go to Mexico. Their intent was to get back at the government by killing tourism, which is a huge profit for obviously for Mexico. Um, so that happened. So the people of Mexico were like, you guys got to stop this. Like you got to stop this war with, with these, you know, with these drug traffickers. So basically they ended up hire, uh, reelecting a guy who 
was kind of okay again with with the narcos which sounds like a really bad thing you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean but it's just like it's that's just sort of how politics work there like it it's it's very like idealistic to be like oh he should try to like wipe out the narcos but that's bigger than this one president and it's not the people of mexico it's not for the people of mexico to be suffering because this one guy wants to if he wants the united states government military all that stuff on his side also which they did not do like if this one guy is not going to fight it it's just not going to work so basically they they made friends with the narcos again everyone's playing nice again and now if you stay out of uh like sonora for example is still super dangerous because all the narcos are like fighting each other but they're not supposed to touch tourists anymore and the government protects you again. (laughs) I know that sounds really, really bad, but it, it's like it for the regular people of Mexico business, it's business as usual when the government and the narcos are okay with each other. Well, I mean, honestly, if people, if people want to make Mexico safer and certainly Americans want to make Mexico safer and they they could, you know, stop doing drugs. (laughs) That's the only way to do it. I mean, it's just like, until you're willing to do that, then it's going to, then just don't. These drugs are going somewhere, and they're w- coming here. And they're coming here. I was even talking to someone about it recently. If if the legalization, if pot went completely legal in the United States, the narcos seventy percent of their of their industry is marijuana. The the narco really just marijuana. It's not cocaine. I thought it was a big cocaine thing. Apparently, seventy percent of it is pot. So if there were, we can grow that. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> and better. Um, I got some. Here. No, I know. I'm like, if if that if just that were to pass, and and we didn't actually have that like need where we were like importing illegal marijuana from Mexico, that would cut them seventy percent of their profits. That would that would make a huge dent in it, at least. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's that, <laughs> and don't buy coke because it comes from Mexico. Yeah, and people are dying because of it. Oof. What about the um, if you had to pick in Mexico? Yeah. yeah. Uh, most overrated regions to visit and the most underrated? Um, I think Cancun. I'm super <laughs> over that. It's gross. I yeah. think it's gross. Uh, and I think Baja actually is the most underrated currently. Underrated. Baja is awesome now. Yeah. Baja was kind of because it was really, really affected by the whole, the, the narcos and them, you know, killing tourists and all that stuff. Uh, people left everyone. Tijuana was a ghost town. Every, everyone left all of that kind of region. And now there's a ton of chefs and breweries and wineries and like different art and music and all this stuff that are moving back into like Rosarito and Tijuana and, um, Ensenada and Valle de Guadalupe, which is like the little wine country where we do our trips. Um, like Tijuana actually is probably one of the most underrated places in Mexico. You think really? Yeah. It's, there's all sorts of like, Michelin star chefs cooking for super cheap because rent is nothing there, right? right. It's almost like a Brooklyn like 15 years ago, like oh, wow. it's really really gangster and really crappy and then like kind of artsy hip folks started moving in and then all this like gentrification stuff started happening. It's almost like it I I don't want to kind of compare it to that, but there's just empty restaurants that people are just kind of coming in and like paying 50 bucks a month for rent and they can just do whatever they want and charge very little. So there's like a huge there's a huge like revitalization of that whole area. There's a ton of art stuff going on there because it's cheap. It like went so, so so it got so dire that they it's like a Detroit. They're just trying to get people to move in. They'll pay you to buy a house there, kind of right. thing. So yeah, so the Tijuana is now. I need to explore it more and more. I want to actually start doing just like one day trips to Tijuana, which sounds crazy, but I don't know a ton about Oaxaca except the moles. The well, <laughs> those moles are phenomenal. Yeah. Those moles are really good. 
Um, they are. It's just like a. So there's really, a lot of ruins there, right? There's I mean, ruins there. I I just was doing the math on it the other day. Excuse me. Um, and their their ruins are like they're from 500 BC. So it was the capital of the Sapotec Empire, like the Sapotecas. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's old, so old. Like that. <laughs> I mean, 500 BC. That's like older than we have by a long shot over here. But they're. It's much more like a um, like indigenous feel to it. There, it's, it doesn't feel very European. Every like the people are smaller. They cook really indigenous food. They have full towns that make like specific types of like pottery. It's very like artisan, old school kind of classic. And they're playing off of that now a lot. Like the younger people are kind of touching into that and doing like DIY. Like oh my grandma used to make these type of pots. So me as like a hip. 20 year old girl, I make these type of pots now. Like it's kind of like in style again. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of like how DIY stuff is cool here. It's kind of cool there also. So they have like young, young dudes will like make a brewery and they have like these really cool little breweries and people make mezcal there. Mezcal comes from there too, which is delicious. (laughs) Um, And then when we went for day of the dead, there was just tons and tons and tons of like cultural festival stuff going on cemeteries that like people are decorating graves and all that. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Okay, Spain, overrated, underrated? Um, underrated. No, which regions do you think? Oh, 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 oh regionally? <laughs> um, I think I think Andalusia is, is very underrated. And I think Barcelona at this point, I love Barcelona, but I think it's just becoming too much of a tourist trap. It I think it's everywhere. Oh, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. Like you go there and it's just like all, you, you never hear Spanish in the center of it. And I'm just like, is anyone Spanish <laughs> anymore? I read an article that was saying that, Barcelona is going the way that Venice, Italy went, oh, where it's yeah. only be, like they don't have any other kind of form of income. It's only tourism now, so it's becoming more and more like that. Right. Um, which I I still I still love that city and have like really good friends that live there. So it's I still have a very good time every time I go. Plus, it's so fun. You're just out. Yeah, it, real is, late. it is fun. It's real fun. Um, but I do know two people have gotten robbed. Yeah, no, in, that happened in Barcelona. A lot. I, the first time I was there, when I was like twenty something, I got robbed, and oh. then they gave me my wallet back. <laughs> they like pickpocketed me. So friendly in such a friendly fashion. Um, I was drunk and I was early twenties, and the guy's like, "Yay!" Like telling me this stuff and jumping around and stuff. And his friend pickpocketed me. No violence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Had the best of times talking to this guy in my broken, <laughs> drunk twenty-year-old Spanish. And then I was like, "Oh my god!" I got back to the table we were sitting. I, I realized I don't have my wallet. They went through. They opened my wallet. I only had twenty euros in there. They went through all my cards. Found out there weren't any credit cards in it. I left it all like in a safe. Put them back. Pull, pull, like folded up the wallet, threw it to the bartender and ran out. And then the bartender was like, hey, hey, you said something about a wallet earlier. Here's your wallet. So I got my wallet back and I lost 20 bucks. And I was like, that's it's better than being robbed here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They would, yeah. And they had no uh, guns, which was nice. Zero guns. Just making me dance, making me do some stupid <laughs> soccer dance. And you got a little dance out of it. Yeah, totally. Huh. Paid 20 bucks for a dance <laughs> lesson. Well, how about any uh, other than that? Uh, yeah. Any... Um, other uh, crime issues or any kind of incidents or police oh. run-ins with police? That's another no, fear of no. Mexico. In your, Mexico? Your fear of the police. I, when I was a teenager, lived near San Diego for a couple of years um, in Escondido. So yeah, I was like yeah. 14 through 16. So we would go to go to Tijuana because we were young. You can drink. We, we would drink there. Um, and I was, I've nearly been arrested in Tijuana two times. But I was a kid and I was dumb and I peed in public. So... Back then, you would just put a twenty dollars bill in your in your sock. So I've gotten at it twice from being like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and then just giving them twenty bucks, and then they just have left me alone. Oh, really? Yeah. I, as an adult, I'm I'm like, I don't, I can't be outside in <laughs> Tijuana anymore. 
Because I have one friend who won't like go that that drive. They're surfers and they, yeah. they drive down to like Rosarito. Yeah, yeah. They're afraid of like getting pulled over. And stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've heard. I've heard a bunch of stuff that they'll kind of like shake you down and do all this stuff, and it costs more than twenty bucks now to like yeah. bribe inflation. your way out. Yeah. It's inflation, man. Um, but I've never. I luckily, and now that I speak Spanish, and especially now that. With especially with moving into tourism and having a group of people there and like telling them, hey, man, look, I'm bringing people here like don't I really have a feeling that they Mexico needs this. They need they need help. They need for people like they're cop. It's frowned on now for cops to shake people down because they need tourism. They can't have that bad reputation anymore. You know, there's enough people who won't go into their country and their country's suffering from it. So like cops are ordered not to harass tourists anymore. Like I said, the drug, the narco guys aren't supposed to touch us at all and like all the government. So we're kind of protected on all angles, hopefully. I mean, (laughs) but then it's still, you know, it's still Mexico and anything can happen. But that's kind of part of the draw for me. I'm like, (laughs) who knows? Maybe we'll get pulled over and who who the hell knows? I have a friend of, I know, like two people live in Mexico City and I've been dying to go down there. It just sounds like there's so much... There's a lot going on. She bought a a house in Acapulco and fixed it up and then... uh, but then after I think she got bored and then yeah. it was like everything's happening in Mexico City. She Mexico said. City's on a huge uprise right now. So she lives in Coyacan or something? It's like Coyacan? the nice Okay. Nice area. I, whatever right. the like the nice area. Condesa? No, I think I want to say Coyacan. Coyacan? Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know all the neighborhoods. I've I've I have have not spent enough time in Mexico City, but I know there's a neighborhood called Roma that's really cool. It's just it's just hip. It's like Mexico City hip. Yeah. And then a place called Condesa that's like kind of fancy but hip. How yeah. expensive is Mexico City? Uh, not not very expensive. Yeah, okay. N- not not much. Um, more more costly than like other parts of Mexico because it is like their main, you know. But not not bad. Any uh, the other fear trip. people have in Mexico? Uh, any food poisoning? You ever get that? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's totally happened. <laughs> that one that one's gonna happen. I, you put I that got... disclaimer in whenever you take people. It's like, <laughs> look, it's, bring, it might happen. I bring like antivirals and like things for people, but yeah, it. It's never luckily it's never happened on a trip and I've never had anyone get sick on my trips but I I actually this is kind of interesting though the the last time I got food poisoning so two times in my life I've gotten it once was in Mexico in the Yucatan and this waiter and I'm a waiter also he was he, he's I was like I want blah 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 and again I speak Spanish or whatever and he's like are you sure you don't want the special it's this like other fish and I was like okay this waiter's not going to lead me wrong and it was him that mm-hmm. led me astray both ends. <laughs> this kind fish of we haven't been able to get rid of. Seriously, uh, for it, a was week. That, it was it's like that old outside. trick. Yeah. I'm like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do this to me, right? He did that to me. I got crazy sick from it, um, and like just full on one day. Okay, but you know, terrible. So I was like, wow, this really sucks. Then the next time I've had it that extreme was in Palm Springs on my honeymoon, <laughs> second or third night really? after I was married. It sucked. We went to a place. I had a freaking Cobb salad, man, and it just like. Vi- the most violent of violence. Wow! Just got married to my wife. Thank God she's great. That's a what a fun honeymoon. <laughs> in the bathroom the we whole came, time. We came back. We put on bathing suits. We were about to go swimming. It was like late. We we're gonna have oh, champagne. Don't to go be that guy who gets in the, in the pool. pool. No, no, <laughs> don't I didn't. be that guy. She's like ready to go. She's in a bathing suit, and I'm like, uh, I just hold. I'll on. meet you. I'll meet you. A little later. weird, and th- throughout the whole night, she just has a bikini on, and is like, "Are you okay?" Like Oof. patting my back, as I'm. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Yucatan and Palm Springs, California, are the two spots. That wow, of all yeah. places, of all places, exactly. So <laughs> it'll happen anywhere, you know. It'll happen anywhere. Um, for, finally, well, like, sure. what, we should wrap it up now. Yeah. I know you got to go, but what? Uh, 
what has all this travel taught you about um, the world and people in general and maybe about America having uh, left it and come back? Man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, if, you, if you treat people nice, they're going to treat you nice right back, whether you speak the language or not. I think that's kind of a thing. Typically, if you're nice and curious and say things in a respectful manner, people will respond well to that. I think worldwide that's kind of a good thing. Uh, learn please and thank yous in other languages. It's just nice. <laughs> Um, you know, just the, those types of things. And I think everyone is a lot more similar than we give credit to. I think we like to kind of focus on differences. We're like these people are, everybody's kind of different. And like kind of at the core, everyone is, everyone's pretty basically similar and either good. If they're, if you're going to be good to them, they're going to be good or they're going to be dicks. If you're going to be a dick to them. And that's kind of sums up most, most <laughs> yeah. people and most experiences I've had everywhere. You know, right? Yeah. Where can so, people uh, find you? Do you have a website? Or I do. Um, so costacosta dot com. So it's coast in English. T o c o s t a. So coast to coast. Costa. 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 Dot com. Gotcha. Um, the what a the Instagram is a big one that I'm that I'm kind of pushing now more and more, and that's Costa Costa. Everything. The Facebook is Costa Costa. The and my email is Andrew at costacosta dot com. But we just, yeah, we revamped the website two days ago. Okay. So, well, we'll yeah. put links to these on, yeah, uh, on our site. Cool, man. And go to uh, TravelTalesPodcast.com and yes, look, at, uh, look at your story under yes. podcast, and they'll find you. But also, um, when's your next trip? So people are interested in yeah. like, this year coming up for 2016. For, 20, for 2016. So I have, it's not even worth mentioning, but I, I have this Valle de Guadalupe trip the 21st and 22nd of November that's now sold out. Um, and then because it's sold out so quickly, we're doing another, it's a one nighter. It's actually, we leave from LA from union station, stay one night in this really cool hotel that's in Baja and then come back like Sunday evening. Um, and we have, so we have a second one of that December 5th and 6th. And then I'm taking a group of people for five nights to Tulum, which is south of Cancun. Cancun, I don't like, but an hour and a half south of Cancun, I really like. Mm -hmm. So we're going to Tulum for... When is it? It's just, uh, January 14th through 19th. Okay. And that's just like beaches and chilling and riding bikes to the beach and cenotes. And we have a guy that teaches a cooking class and my friend teaches a cocktail making class at the house. It's all, yeah. Oh, fun. It's very jungly and kind of hippy <laughs> dippy and great down there. Yeah. How long is the, uh, how much is the one from, uh, just the overnight, the one night. The, one. the the overnight one's three eighty five, um, and it's we have ceviche lunch um, at the ceviche stand. The woman's been there for thirty years. Anthony Bourdain went there and cried. Apparently, <laughs> it's the claim to fame. We go to three wineries. We go to two breweries that are down there. Um, we see like this cheese making process and sample all these cheeses and marmalades and homemade like breads and all this stuff. We have seven course dinner at Corazon de Tierra, which is kind of like their main like huge restaurant down there. It's not huge, but it's like their, you know, most popular restaurant down there. Uh, breakfast and lunch the next day. And then we transportation back to LA. This is all in two days, all in two days. It's all, those are all spread out between like two days. Oh wow. So we do a brewery the first day and two wineries and then breakfast and then a brewery and then a winery and then lunch and then home. Well, that sounds fun. I got to go on fun. one of these. Yeah. $385 is, is what it costs. Yeah. Well, no, you meet at Union Station, you're taking the train? We meet We meet at Union Station and I drive I drive everybody down in a van. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. How many people? Uh, we rent a 15-passenger van, but we take about 13 to, oh, okay. to, to keep it. This time it's going to be 14 because it, cause it sold out really quickly. Um, but we do. We, I want to do kind of like 12-ish so as to – yeah. But it, it works out really well. It's about a three-hour drive down there. 
um, and then about four back with the with the thing. I'm with the border weight. I might end up doing two night ones in the future, but for right now, I kind of want to. Yeah, it's a good little weekend getaway. Yeah, it sounds great. You know, yeah, people don't have to miss work. Works out really well. I forget yeah. how close it is. It's so close. That's <laughs> I the, really forget. And it's crazy too because you you leave and you're like, oh, I'm I am yeah. not. You drive three hours. You drive ten minutes. It's past half San the Diego, distance to like to San, San Francisco. Francisco yeah. Totally. <laughs> you like literally. It really is. You drive. So you're in San Diego and you're like, this is America. This is very much California. I'm very much yeah. in San Diego. You go ten more minutes and you are not in America anymore. Like it is. It's completely switches and everything looks different and the food is different and everyone's speaking another language. You get that like two day cultural stepping out, going somewhere else. Your boss will never know you're gone. <laughs> you know that sounds I mean? great. Yeah. Yeah. It works out well. I want to start doing that one monthly is the, is the goal. So oh, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, man, I appreciate you coming in. Not a problem at all. It was Thank great you. to meet you. And, um, yeah, just uh, I want to go on one of these trips. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll set it up. I can bring along. a group. You can br- bring a group. I'll I'll cut you a deal, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fill up that van. You can go for <laughs> That's free. <the> van. <laughs> How new is the van? What? It's it's brand new. It's okay. A well, it's van. a new van. Okay. It's a new. It's yeah, well, it does have air conditioning. The first the first one we took was not a new van. Oh. And there, I was like, it's only a hundred dollars to rent this van a day. There's a reason. Not it was going back. Yeah. To that one. <laughs> you live and you learn. <laughs> All right. I appreciate. it. Thank the, you for coming in. Thank you very much. Yeah.